0: Now open up your hearts and minds for this transforming message from Living Faith Church. Talking tonight about daddy issues. Okay, daddy issues. Now, people people think daddy issues are a negative thing, and it is. But tonight for Father's Day, happy Father's Day, any fathers here? Okay, great, happy Father's Day, yes. Happy Father's Day. One father, happy Father's Day, amazing. So. Amazing, amazing, amazing! So you know, a lot of the people actually come here uh, with Father's Day, you know, or whatever else is gone. Probably like maybe a good twenty-five percent our people here, you know. So here's the thing: the challenge here is is that the father, our fathers, normally they're supposed to be the people who love us the most, people who care for us the most, people who give us identity, give us protection, people who are supposed to be there. People are supposed to be amazing and cheer us on and champion us to be best people. But let's be honest, not all the time is the case. Sometimes our fathers are jerks. Sometimes our fathers were never around for some people. Maybe some of our fathers have offended us and violated us. Let's just be real here. So when we think about all the daddy issues that we have in society today, we think to ourselves, Is that how my God is? And so that's the reason why there's a lot of trust issues. So people who have daddy issues, okay, it can be guys and girls, okay? People who have daddy issues have trust issues. People who have daddy issues have intimacy issues. People who have daddy issues have issues with trusting people. Are you gonna walk out on me? Can I trust you? Can I actually put my life in your hands? And so we think when we say, oh, God, how do you know about God? Oh, no, 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 I don't want to do anything with God. I want nothing to do with, so I want to eventually one of these days, I've asked a few people already, but I want to one of these days go around town here with a cool camera and ask people, why don't you go to church? When I posted on my social media a few months back, why don't you go to church? They say a lot of times, oh, the judgment, the condemnation, the hate. They see God, church, as a negative thing. And here's the thing, the church is made up of people who are all screwed up. But the thing is, those people then see God the same way they see our fathers, someone who abandoned me. Now, here's the thing, many of us are like, oh no, I I know God is good. But then the question is, popping our head is, if we know God is good, then how come when hell breaks out, we immediately feel alone? We immediately feel like we're abandoned, God's not with us. You see, daddy issues is not just an issue here on earth, but also our spirituality. So tonight I wanna give you guys here some things to debunk about this daddy issue here in our spiritual daddy. And for those of you who don't know, Living Faith Church is a little bit different. We say we're a church for sinners by sinners. I'm gonna admit right now, my wife and I are the biggest sinners in the world. And I'm willing to challenge you to share with me, oh, what sins do you have? Well, what sins do I have? Let's see, I win. I always win, okay? Because I am the biggest sinner out there, okay? And so because of that, we say, well, what qualifies you guys to have a church if you're the biggest sinners? What qualifies us is that we love Jesus. And here's the deal, My friends. It doesn't matter. We're all anointed things to grace. And we're talking about tonight. People think, oh, for me to come to God, for me to be with God, going to church, to preach, you have to be perfect. Because Daddy, the judge guy up there, is saying, oh, well, are you qualified? Are you good enough? Or else, right, is the aspect. And here's a big word I hear a lot of, of when I'm researching this whole Daddy issue thing was the words, I'm not enough. And a lot of people feel that way because they felt that from their daddy issues their father issues so tonight i'm going to give you guys a verse here john 10 10 says the thief comes only to steal kill and destroy i jesus have come to give life and life more abundantly can i give you guys this word the word is polarities i love that word i that's been my word i've been using for the last i don't know a few months six months eight months Polarities, say polarities. polarities. Polarities is opposite. If there's a up, there's a down, if there's a left, there's a right, if there's a open, there's a closed right. So we know there's polarities in knowing that there's polarities, if there's a good, there is an evil. If there is a devil. So people so many times don't think of the polarities of good versus evil. So if you obviously had a bad father here on earth, there's got to be a good father somewhere else. Does that make sense? If you say, oh, well, my dad abused me. Well, there are other dads out there that didn't abuse their children. Now, how does it matter to you? It's to understand that not all men are horrible people. Understand this, that when we translate our daddy issues to God, it begins to interrupt our relationship to him begins to cut off something spiritual for us that we cannot tap into the fullness in what god has for us because we have these our own issues that we have our earthly fathers portray to us that we think is also god the father does that make sense so tonight i want us to understand that the thief is the enemy and god has come to give us life and life to the full so the first thing i want to talk about tonight in the aspect of daddy issues tackling daddy issues and the aspect that we can trust our dad is through dad, D-A-D. This is The first thing is that God is dedicated to us. Is that God is dedicated to us. You see, a lot of times people think, oh, I, God only likes me when I'm good. God only likes me when I'm behaving. God only likes me when I'm, you know, following the commands. But only every time I ever do good is when God only likes me. Can I just say this? He likes you in spite of. Genesis three one ten, there's a lot of verses here. Now the serpent, we know the story here, was more crafty than any other wild animal the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say that you must not eat from this tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat the fruit from that tree, for in the middle that's in the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman, lying to her. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to her eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate no no then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden but the Lord God called out to man where are you he answered I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked so I hid you see God let me just let's backtrack these guys were told by God not to eat from the tree they freaking ate from the tree they ate from the tree what happens They knew they disobeyed God. They knew that they had failed God. They had sinned. They had disobeyed everything that God has told them not to do. And so what happened? What happens when you eat the cookie when your mom says, don't eat the cookie? You eat it, but then you hide. Why? Because you're shameful. You don't want to face your mom. You don't want to face, I actually did this. I screwed up. I messed up. And when you do that, you hide. Shame lets us hide. Shame makes us hide. Shame causes us to to hide away and say, I don't want to face you anymore. I've heard stories and stories and stories of a person who would cheat on their spouse and say, I want a divorce. But without even saying that, without the person knowing why, why they want a divorce. And it's not because they want a divorce, but because they have so much shame, they want to run away. You guys catch that? Shame causes us to run away. Shame causes us to run away. And that these guys were shameful. Now here's the thing. God is all-knowing. God is all-knowing. So because God's all-knowing, He would say, "Why? where are you? It shows to me that God is looking for you. He is looking for the sinner. He is looking for the person who screwed up. Not the bash up but say, where are you? Where are you at? And they were saying, "We hide. We're hiding because we heard you coming." They were fearful, and you guys know the story. The Bible says that God said to them that if you eat the tree, you surely will die. And the, God cannot lie. The Bible says God cannot lie. So because God cannot lie, the devil, ah ha ha, ha. Your, your people ate the fruit. So you got to kill them now. What happened? You know the story. The story is God provides an offering on their behalf. That was the first time there was offering. On their behalf, that's the symbolism of Jesus. On their behalf, and then that animal died on their behalf. And that was the whole sacrificial offering for their sins. But I really want to focus on the aspect here that I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. Are you hiding? You don't need to hide, my friends. And that's the message here we have for Little Italy. For Little Italy is this. Is like, yes, you've messed up. Yes, we all messed up. Who, who here is sinless? Can someone show me their hands are sinless and go fly around the room because they're like God? Okay, no. We're all sinful people. We're all messed up people, okay? The Bible says that if you break one law of the Ten Commandments, you break them all, okay? So we're all screwed up. Let's just put it there right now. So because of that, people are saying, I can't go to church because I ain't perfect. The big word, I'm not good enough. And that's daddy issue. Romans 8:1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There is therefore no condemnation. My friends, understand this, is that God's not looking to condemn you. There's two sides of God. There's a judgment of God, which is either judge, and then there's the mercy of God, which He shows mercy. You know what he prefers? He prefers mercy. He prefers to show you mercy. But he is God who does not lie. So he doesn't say, hey, you messed up, you're going to go to hell. You messed up, you surely are going to die. And because you messed up, you are definitely condemned to hell. The Bible says, for all have sinned, and have fallen short of the glory of God. That we are all condemned to hell, but because of Jesus, God's ultimate mercy for us, that's why we have the freedom of salvation through grace. And my friends, that brings my first point is that God, your father, my father, is dedicated to us. He is dedicated to us. You know, I've messed up a couple times. My father, in the Tagalog language, the word Tagalog, when you were about to spank you, was. What's the Tapad? What? No, Tapad. Tapad? Right lay down, pod, right? We see the pot, right? the Tapad, the pot. There you go. Mom, the pot. Right? And so the pot means like lay down straight up and pull your pants down. I'm getting my belt. And I'm gonna start whipping you. He knows the crazy part. I hate it whenever they say, Oh, this hurts more than me more than it hurts you. I was like, Well then let's treat spots, because 'cause I'm supposed to be getting hurt more, right? And hate you. <laughs> but anyways, so here's the thing. We think every time you messed up. God's ready to spank us. God's ready to beat us up. But God is dedicated to you that no matter how many times you mess up, He's searching for you. He's looking for you. Our message to San Diego is that God is searching for you. We were at a different church one time. It says, oh, if you're a sinner, God is not pleased with you, and you gotta clean yourself up before God can love you. And I was like, I wanna say objection, your honor. I do not agree with that. I believe God loves you no matter what. Anyway, it's a different story. Next one here is that God accepts. Say accepts. God accepts you. Luke 15, 14, 24. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country. And he began uh, to be in need. This is the, the prodigal son. So he went and hired himself to be a citizen of the country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach, he was hungry, with the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one would give him anything. When he had come to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I know I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went out to his father. Let's just stop there real quick. Let me just say this. Say the word manipulation. manipulation. This is manipulation one on one. Manipulation one on one says this is that when you plan out in your head what you're gonna say, do you really mean it? You see, he's not coming back to his father because he's really sorry. He's coming back to his father because he's really hungry. He's like, I want some pigs eating, but nobody's giving me nothing. My, my father's servants are eating so good. I'll go back to him and apologize. Not because he actually is sorry. If he actually is sorry, he'd be weeping, he be so you know. But no, he's like over here planning out what he wants to say. He's planning out the, the things gonna tell his father to convince him, convince him to let him come back. This boy, this particle son, the son was ready to manipulate his father. Now watch what happens here. Continue on. But while he was still a long way off, while he was still far away, his father saw him and filled with compassion for him, ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him before the son could even talk. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer to be worthy to be called your son. By the way, stop. He's repeating the exact thing he planned to say. So the question is, is that really sincere? I don't think so. Because he's like, I know, I'm going to tell my father this. Okay, he goes, Father, this. He's, guess what? My wife's taking classes. He's an actor. He has his lines prepared. And he goes over and presents his lines to his father. So this right here is the great manipulator. If I wrote a book about the story here, it'd be called the great manipulator. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring him the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and a saddle on his feet. Bring the fat calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. My friends, the father they didn't even address the issue. You guys catch that? They didn't address the issue. This is not a story about a kid repenting. It's not. The kid's freaking lying over here. He's over here plotting what he's going to say. When you plot what you're going to say, it's called acting. It's called acting. When you when you like your spouse to come to you and say, honey, I'm so sorry, I really, no, that's not sincere. You want tears in their eyes. You want them shaking, their mouth whirring. You want them to really be sincere, say, okay, okay. I see that you're sorry, I accept your apology. Let's go make out. You know, that's what you really want. You don't want the whole lines and play this kid, planned out his lines he lied to his father but Jesus giving up this parable here is showing us look even if your heart isn't good as long as you come to the father even if your intent is not good because his intention is not meant for the actual apology he's actually hungry he's actually really really hungry he's like he's not coming because he's sorry he's coming because he's hungry so the intention of why he's coming to the father is wrong the reason he's coming to the Father is horrible. You're starving. But he's still celebrating. Because here's the thing. Whether you come to God for the wrong intention or not, God is just happy you're freaking here. God is just happy to have you around. So here's the thing. Someone says, oh, I don't know if I want someone in church because their intent might be different. That, their intent might be bad. Their intent might be just a take. For it doesn't matter. They're here. Praise the Lord. They're here. My friends, this is a church that doesn't judge. This is a church that doesn't condemn. So we're going to get some weird fools out there coming here. But praise the Lord, they're here. Woo! We have to be excited that doesn't matter what intentions they come. I just come because of the pretty ladies in this church. doesn't matter they're here. I just come because Johnny is a good-looking stud. It oh, doesn't matter they're here. Whatever reasons why people are here, we're going to get them here. Does that make sense? <laughs> Hey, if this kid can lie, i let you jack a joking. Okay? Amen. Amen, 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 So here's the thing, my friends. First one is our father, daddy issues, but what makes him different, he's dedicated to you. He's dedicated to you and I. He accepts you no matter what. He accepts you no matter what. The last part here, and I'm closing, is that he's defending you. Say defending. Or he's defending you. John 8, to 11. Now early in the morning he came again to the temple. All the people came to him and sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act, time out in the very act, which means if you were in the, if you catch her in the very act, which means you were present when she was, uh, hello. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. What do you say? This they said testing him, and they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear i love it jesus is like i'm gonna play stupid (laughs) so when they continued asking him he raised himself up and said to them he who is without sin among you let him throw a stone at her first and began to stoop down and wrote on the ground when those who heard it being convicted of their conscience went away one by one beginning with the eldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Where are your accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No, Lord. And he said to her, neither do I condemn you go and sin no more and my friends the word sin right there is not the verb sin the action of sin but the noun sin verb is action what you're doing he's not talking about don't ever do sin because you can't stop sinning but he's talking about the noun go and be the person of sin no more but now you're under grace Make sense? People get so confused. How is God? Does no longer sin, but I can't stop sinning. But it's the aspect of the noun "sin no more" versus the verb "sin no more." Verb is the action; noun is the person. Does that make sense? Psalms thirty-four, eight. Taste and see, the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. My friends, this whole message tonight, is a message that your father accepts and loves and adores you no matter what. The message tonight of daddy issues. You see, a child who's been championed, loved on, celebrated, encouraged by their father will grow up to be successful, secure, confident bold a leader but a person who grew up with an actual father who didn't support them who didn't love them who didn't uh, champion them who didn't speak positivity over them will grow up insecure will grow up fearful will grow up with anxiety will grow because they're always trying to aim to please daddy but the moment we understand that no matter what we do we already are accepted loved by our Father in heaven. no matter what we do there's nothing you can do to make him love you more. I got to do this more no 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 he already loves you but now you do it out of the expression of love that makes sense so I'll say don't do everything don't worship no more no no you do it because of expression not because you have to but because you get to. We come to church not because we're trying to please God we do it because we want to. Not because we have to. My friends, Psalm 34, verse 8, one more time. Taste and see, the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. He is a good, good Father. And tonight, every eye is closed, every head bowed. If you're watching on this broadcast right now, And you're struggling with your own, your own personal father. You're struggling with your own idea of this whole God thing, of God being a good father. But you think he condemns you, he hates you. Because of this idea that you have to try to please him, you're not good enough. Well tonight, be free and liberated from that. And understand that when you read the word dad, D-A-D, you'll always remember That God is always dedicated to you. He accepts you no matter what. And he's defending you. He's on your side. Even though you screw up. But you will screw up. You will mess up because you're human. Even though you mess up. He's fighting for you. You may mess up so many times. it's like dude I got you. You're mine. All those people will start judging you. And talking crap about you. But I got you. Tonight I pray in the name of Jesus. For every person that's had my voice. That God tonight we would begin to fall in love with the Father once again. You, Father God. Lord, that you would begin to shower us with your goodness. And that we would renew our mind, renew our heart, renew our soul to your goodness, Lord. Every eyes clear, every head bowed. If you're here tonight, you're saying, Stephen, I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. Not the Jesus that condemns me, that tells me I need to do this and that, but a Jesus that accepts me no matter what. If that's you tonight, just lift up your hands, one hand so I can see it. Amen, 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 amen. Everyone say this prayer out loud right now. Say, dear Father, I accept Jesus into my life. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I proclaim right now that God is my Father, Heaven is my home, and I belong to you. I receive your grace. I receive your love freely. I am no longer condemned. I am free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father God, tonight I pray that your spirit would be upon each and every one of us here. For those who lift your hands for the very first time or they're rededicating their life to you. Father, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. May they fall in love with you over and over and over again. And we bless your name. We thank you. We honor you. We glorify. listening to this life-giving message from Living Faith Church. For more information about our church, text the word podcast to one 305 Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and we will see you next time on the Living Faith Church podcast.